1: This is the Rays Radio Network.
2: Flanks down the left field line. It's a fair ball. The Rays win it, and they have just clinched the number one
1: spot. They have won the American League wild card. Welcome to Countdown to Opening Day. Swing a ball, sliced toward right. Back Hernandez, onto the track, looking up, and it's gone! An opposite field homer! Yanni Diaz flexes his muscles, and the Rays win again in walk-off fashion. Coming up, we sit down with Rays players, coaches, and front office executives to discuss the latest news in Rays baseball. Here's your host, Chris Adams-Wall.
3: And hello, everybody, and welcome to our latest program. My name is Chris Adams-Wall. We're glad to have you with us. In this show today, Rays broadcasters Andy Freed and Neil Solans will sit down with Rays president's Brian Alden, and Matt Silverman to discuss the historic gas plant district development. And then I'll get together with Rays starting pitcher Zach Eflin to discuss the right-handers 2023 campaign and look ahead to 2024. But we are here at Charlotte Sports Park in Port Charlotte, Florida, where the Rays are getting ready to take on the Atlanta Braves at the top of the hour and what will be the first spring training game of the season. Now for the Rays, Nathan Wiles will start. He spent last year between Double-A Montgomery and Triple-A Durham. He's an Oklahoma Sooner also, so he will take the mound for Tampa Bay. On the other side, it'll be Spencer Strider. Yes, that Spencer Strider he is scheduled to throw for the visitors. So for Rays fans, they're going to get a look at Nathan Wiles, and they are also going to get their first look at Ahmed Rosario in a Tampa Bay uniform. Rosario is leading off for the home side today as the designated hitter other starters of note include shortstop jose Caballero, left fielder richie palacios and Rays top prospect junior caminero but i'll let andy and neil tell you the full lineup in just a few minutes speaking of andy and neil though let's send it over now to both of them and hear from Rays presidents brian ald and matt silverman about the historic gas plant development project
2: all right chris thank you very much and as we are Happy to be joined now by Rays Team Presidents Brian Ald and Matt Silverman on our Here to Stay podcast. And, you know, I've known you guys a long time, and you've been here certainly longer than I have been here. And as we think about the ballpark and Here to Stay and moving forward, Matt, I'll start with you. Do you ever think about how far things have come since those early days when you first got involved in those early conversations about just the possibility of a new ballpark, how far things have actually come over this last decade plus?
4: Yeah, it's been a a fun journey. And it's been one that's been a little bit circuitous to to get here. But the the North Star throughout has been that this team is Tampa Bay's team. We're based here in St. Petersburg, and we've always wanted to be here to stay. Tried a couple of different times throughout the Bay Area, and we finally have the the path forward that's going to keep this team here forever. And it's going to put to bed that question that's been hanging over this team probably for for 20 years since you took over running this franchise, where is it going to be? Where's the next stadium, the the real stadium going to be? And we now know we're on path, uh, we're on target, and we're just excited for the, the future of this franchise.
1: So, Brian, on that same end, I think probably the big question that we constantly get asked is, what is the timeline and where are we in that process? I know there's a lot of excitement and enthusiasm that's built up over the last year especially.
0: Well, The most important piece of the timeline is opening day, 2028. We've got to have a ballpark and we've got to be ready to host fans and have an incredible opening day. We wanted to have a city council vote scheduled now and a county commission vote scheduled now, but it's taken a little longer than expected to get the documents drawn up. Meanwhile, though, we're continuing to work diligently on our side. We haven't slowed anything up in terms of being ready with the stadium and the surrounding development, and that's going to allow us to hit that time frame. We've got great partners at the city and the county. We expect this thing's going to move forward. And again, we we need those votes to happen as soon as possible, but we appreciate that our city council members and county commissioners need to have fully binding legal documents to look at and study before they can vote.
2: You know, you think there's 30 teams out there, and some of them... Go into new stadiums, some of them stay with the ballparks they've been with a long time. You happen, Brian, to be in a place in time where you're one of the lead people to develop something that will change a, a city, change a region, change a franchise, move it towards the future. Is there a, a short list of things that excite you most personally and for the Rays franchise
0: moving forward? You put it so well. It's truly a generational opportunity, and that makes me feel incredibly lucky and excited, but also there's an enormous responsibility. And in this case, it's it's even greater because of the work we're doing to try to honor the historic gas plant district while making sure we get a world-class ballpark built. Matt and I are both so fortunate that we've got just incredible partners in Heinz and Populous to make sure that You know, they do a bunch of stuff that we don't know how to do. We are not stadium builders, nor are we developers. 20 years ago, we weren't even baseball guys, but at least now we we think we've got that one set. And as I tell our employees here, you know, the most important thing we can do in the meantime is continue to run this franchise the right way, continue to win games in the ball field, provide a great fan experience. And that's what gives people the confidence to partner with us and know that we're going to be able to help them make sure that we hit that opening day 2028 target.
1: Matt, I think one of the common questions that we get from a lot of fans is, you know, throughout the Tampa Bay area is there was so much talk about where it would be built. Why was it eventually in St. Pete at the same site versus, let's say, on the other side of the bay?
4: That's a really good question. And the answer is this area has continued to grow. Tampa Bay has has grown. St. Petersburg continues to grow. And if you look out over the next 10, 15, 20 years, we have so much more confidence that this is going to be a great place for a ballpark and for a neighborhood that, that fits that ballpark It's one of those great confluences of of circumstance. You have 86 acres of a parking lot and a a ballpark in a downtown that now is a great opportunity for this club and for this city to make into a world-class attraction, an incredible neighborhood and something that's going to be a great economic engine for the city of St. Petersburg. 20 years ago, 10 years ago, those circumstances didn't exist. And we're just fortunate that this area has continued to grow and prosper and that we know it's going to be a great place to have a Major League Baseball team for the next 30, 40, 50 years.
2: The notion of building a new ballpark, it sounds like a joyous thing to do on paper. When you really step back, there, it's such a wide palette, right, of directions you could go in terms of what you want in it and what is good, what isn't good, what works, what doesn't work. Would you believe one of the questions I get most, and I'll bet Neil does too. Brian, will there be a ray tank in the new ballpark? You know that ray tank has become kind of a life of its own and has life in it, you know will there be an,
0: a ray tank at the new ballpark? To everyone out there who's asking that question, I think you are the reason that the answer will be yes. It seems to be something everybody's really excited about, and I know there are, are plans to make it there. It's a unique amenity for, for our team, and yeah, I can't see why not. We, we have a great partnership with the Aquarium to make sure that's successful and uh, you know, should be a great fan amenity that uh, that comes with us.
1: Matt, w- one thing that I constantly hear, and, and you brought it up, a neighborhood ballpark. I think that's a common term. But the other thing I've heard is the word intimate or what will make this an intimate ballpark and what are the types of things that you're trying to do to make sure it has that intimacy that's at the best in baseball?
4: Yeah, we're, we're waist deep into the design process right now. And we're going through different iterations of what the lower bowl is going to look like, what the field dimensions are going to look like, the different capacities. And you know the, the charge that we've been given by Stu is to make this the most intimate ballpark and, and to use our circumstances as assets in, in this. We know we're gonna have a roof. So let's turn that into a, an asset. Let's try to build a ballpark that suits our area, our footprint and the way baseball is played today. You know, one of the interesting things, that, all baseball stadiums prior to this one have been designed before there were nets put in place to protect fans. Well, now we have the nets and so What does that do to field dimensions, valid territory, the intimacy of the ballpark? We're exploring those questions and taking a fresh look at it because we have this one opportunity to build this ballpark, and we hope this is our forever home. Tropicana Field wasn't ever going to be the forever home, but you look at so many great ballparks in America, Wrigley Field and Fenway, Dodger Stadium, those those aren't ever being replaced, and if we do this right, this will be our forever home.
2: Matt, when you look at the area where the ballpark is, I mean, we're all somewhat familiar. And then you look at it, there's Tropicana Field, and there's the parking lots. And we know the ballpark is supposed to go in one of the parking lot areas, but there's a lot of things going in and around. How how will it be done logistically? What will fans see first in Phase 1, and how will the development lay out?
4: Yeah, the, the ballpark in the first phase of the development, they're coming up at the same time, and they're both scheduled to open for 2028. We want it to be a celebration on opening day where you can come to a complete district, a phase one district that has a hotel, that has shops, that has restaurants and bars. It's going to have an apartment complex, an office building or two, and a big festival plaza. All of those things need to be done for opening day 2028. After that, the trough will come down. Everything west of Booker Creek will start to get developed, but we need to be up and ready for 2028 with that phase one in the ballpark.
3: And we certainly appreciate the time of Rays President Brian Alden, and Rays President Matt Silverman. What you just heard was an excerpt of a longer episode in the Rays' brand-new Here to Stay podcast. To hear Andy and Neil's full interview with Brian and Matt, head on over to wherever you get your podcasts and search for Here to Stay. That full episode should be posted sometime in the near future. And we are going to go to a break, but don't go anywhere because my interview with Ray's righty, Zach Eflin, is coming up right after this on the Ray's Radio Network. Chris Adams, we all back here on Countdown to Opening Day, and I'm joined now by Ray's right-hander, Zach Eflin. Zach, thanks so much for taking the time. We do appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so, first and foremost, we'll get to spring training in a moment, but how was your offseason? Did you do anything fun? I know you have three little girls, so... How were they keeping you busy?
5: It was an eventful off-season, you know. There wasn't uh, too much rest. Um, Thankfully, I get to sleep overnight, which is great. The the girls sleep uh, tremendous overnight. My wife wakes up with them in the morning, so I got a little (laughs) extra sleep than her. But, um, man, it was an awesome off-season. We had five of my best friends got married, so the weekends went quick. We went to Portugal for 10 days, went to the Bahamas, um, but ultimately just pretty much... uh, on-call, full-time nanny, so it was, yeah. it, was uh, it was a fun off-season. Where
3: in Portugal did you go?
5: We went to Lisbon, Sintra, Nazare, or Nazar, however you pronounce it, uh-huh. and Porto. Yeah. yeah. Which was your favorite? I've been to Lisbon and Porto. I love You're both right? those cities. Oh, yeah. I honestly think I like Porto. Yeah. Porto better. It's that bridge, right? It, it really is. Yeah. The bridge, right on the water. They have all these amazing restaurants. Went out to a winery. It was uh, unbeatable. What a great trip. Yeah. Did you pitch it all during the off-season? pitch is uh just bullpens and yeah yeah, nothing more than that just getting ready for the season like normal probably just nice to take your mind off the game right without a doubt that's the goal of the offseason you know just don't think about baseball
3: (laughs) well last year was your first full season with the Rays after signing that big contract in the offseason I know you guys had some ups and downs but 99 wins you were healthy for most of those you had a really good season you led the American League in wins with 16 in zach efflin's words what was the 2023 season like
5: It's a great question um you know looking back at it i think the team did a great job of persevering through a lot of adversity um if you kind of take the season as a whole and chunk it up into you know four different parts there are so many things that happen throughout the year and It didn't matter what happened to the team. We just kept playing hard and and kept the chemistry in the clubhouse and and really did everything we could to to win every game that uh, we played. Um, And that was only going to take all 26 of us, you know, and and the coaching staff and everybody uh, contributing. Um, But I think it was a really, really strong year for us, Um, you know, having so many injuries and whatnot, to be able to battle with our backs against the wall, which – seem like every every night once those injuries started happening um, and to end up with 99 wins and a chance to play postseason baseball, I think it was a it was a really good year for us. On the pre and post game shows,
3: I've started calling you Steady Eddie or right? I did towards the end of the season just because of how reliable you were. Did you
5: feel like you were kind of the, that reliable guy in the rotation? I think that's the goal for every starting pitcher. You know, um, I don't really worry too much about stats at all. I really care about just eating innings and staying, staying healthy every fifth day and I've had a, a tough time in the past staying healthy every fifth day. So it was, it, was, uh, it was awesome to put together a, a, you know, a, a year of 31 starts. I really wish I would have gotten 33 but had a little back, back flare-up. But that doesn't happen without the amazing defense behind us, without our offense doing what it did, without the coaching staff being there every step of the way. Um, you know, it, it, It's so much bigger than just one person. So I'm extremely thankful that the organization uh, valued me enough to bring me aboard and, and uh, to be a voice for the younger guys and honestly do everything I can to win every fifth day. So it was a lot of fun last year did the
3: 16 wins surprise you at all? Was that kind of beyond your wildest dreams that, wow,
5: okay, I led the American League in wins? Did, did that take you uh, aback at all? Not really. I mean, it, it could be surprising a little bit. Like, looking back, I'm like, wow, 16 wins. Like, I've never come close to that. I've always had a goal of getting at least 15 wins in a year. Um, but that's it's. I'm not really a goal-oriented person. I really just take every fifth day as it is and make sure I do everything I can to be fully prepared for each start and ultimately 16 wins is a huge contribution to to the offense uh to the defense and uh listening to our pitching guys and really just having that faith and trust in the, in the organization
3: it was an unbelievable season for you and for the Rays. 99 wins you guys make the, the playoffs and you face the texas rangers didn't turn out the way you wanted you pitched game two did you learn anything about that start what was that like for you to start that game and Do you think you'll use it as motivation at all
5: going into 2024? You could. I'm not more so somebody that uses stuff like that for motivation. Um, I'm very focused on my craft and what I do every fifth day. Um, You know, it sucked for me um, going out there and giving up five runs in five innings. Uh, It was my first opportunity to start a playoff game. And, um, you know, I didn't really build it up too much or anything. I treated it like, you know, any other start. I didn't really have any extra nerves or anything. But I'll tell you what, man, those Rangers came in hot and they came in swinging And, uh, you know, maybe I wasn't prepared for that. You know, I'm a strike thrower. Um, I could have done a little better job of uh, locating pitches and whatnot. But at the end of the day, man, it didn't seem like I was missing many barrels. And at the end of the day, that's the game we play. Um, You know, you're going to have a good start, an okay start, a bad start, maybe back-to-back bad starts. But um, the thought process all along is just make sure you're focused on the next the next day of being prepared and getting ready for that start and uh, taking everything you learn throughout the whole year to to have your best start in the postseason. And, unfortunately, you only get one opportunity in the wild card to do that. Um, so, you know, there were a lot of learning moments that I went through last year, and that being one of them. So we're, we're excited for this year and to get back after and be in the same position.
3: But it's also a three-game series, right? So the margin for error is
5: so much lower than, yeah. than a, say, a five-game series, right? Yeah, it's interesting. You, you pretty much get one shot, you know. It's not a one-game series, obviously, but um, – you know it's a full sprint to two wins you know and uh, at the end of the day like the hottest team in the playoffs is going to go all the way and win the thing Um, it's really what we did in Philly and in 2022 and um, you know it it just is what it is you know Uh, maybe I could have done things to, to have a better outing but honestly I felt like I did everything I could to put the team in the best situation possible to win and I gave up five runs in five innings. You know, I don't, I don't look back to press on it at all. It was a great experience for me and a lot of the guys that haven't been in that position. Um, and at the end of the day, we have a really young team and, and a, a core that's finally starting to come together and, and be the center of race baseball. So it's going to be fun for the fan base to follow all these guys. They're starting to get extensions. They're going to be here a while. So hopefully that in, that increases the, the fan base and, and the, the excitement of our games.
3: You touched on your knee injuries in the past, but... I also heard you say earlier during this
5: interview that you feel healthy and and that's still true yeah
3: coming into spring training
5: oh absolutely um I I truly I you know the further away I get from surgery is the better I feel obviously um and I feel like I'm in a really good spot right now I didn't have really one one instance last year where I felt uncomfortable on my knees other than when I tried to slide getting a bunt and hurt the left side of my leg but uh, that was unrelated to my knee so um it, it was it was awesome for me to go out there and and, and feel healthy for an entire season. I've never felt that before. Um, and Especially playing on turf every day, I was kind of worried about how that was going to do with my feet, my knees, and everything. But it's the healthiest I've ever felt in my life, so I'm looking forward to doing that again.
3: That's great news for race fans. Someone pointed out to me a couple of days ago at, at the beginning of spring training that you are the only starting pitcher in the rotation last season who is returning to the rotation this season. Is that surprising to you? And, and what does that mean to you? Because you are the ace right now.
5: Um, you know, first of all, it's heartbreaking, right? Because you look at, you know, Ras, Shane, and, and Jeffrey, who we lost, um, all with injuries that you, you never even think are going to happen. Um, so that took a huge, huge toll on us. And a lot of people had to step up, and a lot of people did. You look at Savali coming in doing what he did. You look at Mattel... I don't even have words to explain what Littell did for us last year with with his journey starting in Texas, then Boston and being an on the roster, off the roster guy coming to us as a reliever and all of a sudden he's going seven innings and fifty pitches. You know, it's it's ridiculous what, what he was able to do for us. Um, so at the end of the day I don't I don't look through a, a number like one through five guy, like we all have the same exact job. We're supposed to go out there and eat up innings and take the load off the bullpen and put the team in the best, you know, situation possible to win we have a bunch of clear-minded guys that are ready to do that but still you're going to be the anchor of this rotation right so that
3: has to feel good after after all these years with with Philadelphia and even last season you're one of the anchors but
5: now you're kind of the guy yeah it's uh you know depends how you look at it right I, I believe we have five anchors you know um so that, that's just my mindset um you know if you want to think I'm the anchor or other people want to think I'm a, the anchor that's cool you know I, I try and be as reliable as I can and um, I'm going to help the other guys through it, too, but I, I believe we have five, um, more than five solid anchors ready to go, man.
3: Spoken like a true leader, Zach Eflin here. What has it been like for you to be back in Florida for spring training? You're back in Port Charlotte. I know you were in Clearwater a number of years with the Phillies, but to have this place ready to go and looking as pristine as it
5: does, that has to feel good, too, with the chaos of last year. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, it was a whirlwind last year with Disney and St. Pete and my wife being pregnant with twins at the same time. Um, But it's nice to come down here, bring the whole family down, stay close to the beach, and, and, uh, you know, come back to the facility that's been home for spring training. You know, they've done a great job. The grounds crew's done a great job of getting this place ready so we can have our own space and be comfortable and stuff. So, uh, you know, hats off to those guys who've made this possible. So we're all excited to be down here and, and get going. And last question for you, Zach. Do you have personal goals for the 2024 season? I win the World Series. It's really really the only goal that I think I could can ever put on myself you know <laughs> And that's
3: a team goal obviously but Zach Eflin we can't wait to watch you on the mound best of luck this year and thanks so much for joining us on countdown to opening day no question thank you so much for having me that was Rays right-hander Zach Eflin Rays and Braves are almost ready to go here at Charlotte Sports Park for the first game of spring training we'll be right back to wrap up this show countdown to opening day right after this on the Rays Baseball Network Chris Adams-Wall back with you here on Countdown to Opening Day, where we are just minutes away between Game 1 of the spring training schedule, the Tampa Bay Rays and the Atlanta Braves here at Charlotte Sports Park in Port Charlotte, Florida. It is a beautiful day, 73 degrees and almost no clouds. And we also want to thank Zach Eflin for taking his time today. That was a great interview with him as well as Rays Presidents Brian Alden, Matt Silverman, for sitting down with Andy and Neil to discuss the historic gas plant development. Remember to learn more about the historic gas plant development and the Rays plants for a new ballpark. Search Here to Stay wherever you get your podcasts. But that is going to do it for all of us here at Countdown to Opening Day and at Charlotte Sports Park. We will be back tomorrow, however, ahead of Rays Tigers at 12.30 p.m with new Tampa Bay shortstop Jose Caballero, who came over in that trade with the Seattle Mariners. Caballero is in the lineup today. Andy and Neil will tell you more about that and we will also sit down with Rays pitching coach Kyle Snyder, what was an enlightening interview to say the very least. So make sure you tune in tomorrow, again, 12.30 p.m., just ahead of Rays and Tigers on another episode of Countdown to Opening Night. Day. Special thanks to John Mamola and Chris Mathis back in our network studios, as well as Becca Carney, Jared Greenspan, and Max Tanzer for on-site assistance, as well as Mark Hayes, plus additional help from Andy Freed, Neil Solans, and Chris Miller. I'm Chris Adams. While we're getting set for the Rays and the Braves, the first spring training game of 2024, it will be Nathan Wiles, the right-hander, starting for the Rays. And it'll be Spencer Strider. Yeah, that one for the Atlanta Braves on the other side. The Rays are going to be in their powder blue jerseys with the unmistakable yellow caps. Braves will be in the navy blue shirts with the red hats. But we will see you tomorrow. Again, 12.30, countdown to opening day, then Rays-Tigers at 1 o'clock. Andy and Neil have the play-by-play for the Rays and the Braves. Enjoy the game, everybody, and we will talk to you again later in the broadcast and, of course, tomorrow. Enjoy, everybody.
1: Thank you for listening to Countdown to Opening Day.
3: As this ball is blasted to straightaway center, this ball is long gone. If you missed any of the show, download it at raisebaseball.com radio. Speaking of the Jungle Cruise, that one is into the jungle, well into it for Randy Arozarena's 19th home run of the season. Opening Day will be here before you know it. Swing and a miss. He! Cracking out the Rays win.
4: For tickets, visit RaysBaseball.com.